Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash, Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, that's WRHC, and 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan, that's WRHZ. I'm John Goldman, and uh, it's been a while. Happy to be back. I am looking forward to sitting down virtually because... uh, uh, I'm in Sawyer, and uh, our next guest is based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's uh, Jack Droppers, who's uh, the namesake of the band Jack Droppers and the Best Intentions. And here is a little example of, uh, of their music before we get a chance to talk with them. Here is one of their newest songs, Florida Man, off their newest album, Dad Rock. Public funeral in Orlando, like a real revere. 
little bit of technical issues there. Not too bad, though. We heard almost the whole song. Uh, I'll have to look into that with our uh, tech crew over here at the radio station. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to get ready to uh, get on the phone with Jack Droppers, who's, again, the namesake of the band, Jack Droppers and the Best Intentions. And uh, just wanted to give a, uh, you know, just mention that uh, Stan Sable, who was one of the original uh uh, content providers, one of the original DJs at the radio station, just died last week. Uh, very sad, uh, taken way before his time. I didn't know him very well, but uh, I got to say, he he was just a real easygoing, nice guy, friendly, and uh, you know, always had a smile on his face. Uh, he will certainly be missed. All right, and we're back, and I have Jack Droppers from Jack Droppers and the Best Intentions on the phone. How you doing, Jack? Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, a pleasure to be on. So I've been listening to a little bit of your music, and uh, uh, it's it's terrific. You know, it's I would what what genre would you call it? Um, dad, I mean, I know you have the the last <laughs> album's called Dad Rock. But, yeah, uh, the last the last record is is a little tongue in cheek called Dad Rock, uh, partially to do with there's a little bit of that uh, Heartland Rock, like Springsteen Petty stuff that we get compared to frequently, and I also uh, 
this past summer or past February, uh, my wife and I had our, our first kid who's currently strapped to my back right now. Oh. She doesn't, she <laughs> doesn't right. cry too much while I'm on during this interview. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, no, it'll be perfect if she does, you know, it'll be yeah. totally appropriate <laughs> being the yeah, dad was, in the I dead was, rack. Yeah. I would say genre wise, uh, we, you know, indie rock sort of is, is broad enough that we can fall within that, but there's a little Americana, a little folk. Um, there's, there's some garage or punk rock in my roots that shows up every so often, but, uh, I try to keep it hidden as best I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, how long have you guys been playing as, uh, uh, the Jack droppers and the best intentions? Yeah, we started, uh, with this group. Uh, let's see. I, I, we put out our first EP and, not everyone who plays in the band had met each other at that point. Um, but it was mainly me just grabbing uh, friends and strangers and people that I met uh, to record something together. And that was in 2016. Uh, so it's almost been six years now that we've been playing. Uh, I used to use this name just as a, uh, if I was, I used to play in a band back in college. And whenever I would get booked for like solo gigs, I would just grab random friends who I knew played and, and I would call it Jack Robbers and the best intentions as a joke of like, this is the best that I could find. <laughs> uh, and eventually after, after we put out that EP, we had uh, a couple more changes right after that. Uh, but pretty soon uh, we were solidified into the, the six of us now. And we put out our first record in November of 2017 and it's been the same lineup ever since. So uh, the 2017 album, is that uh, is that the one called I Just Want to Play Rock and Roll with My Friends? It is, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, on, I'm looking at uh, Spotify and all the stuff here. And then you had an album in 2019, Bottled Up Like a Neon Light. Yep, and, and then, then our third one, Dead Rock, was out in 2021. Oh, cool. So, uh, so you have, uh, was the... EP that you mentioned was that the three on three EP or was it's, there so so it, the, uh -huh. the EP was called uh, Muskegon I, I spent some time living in Muskegon Michigan uh, and it uh, was only recently taken off Spotify and Apple Music but you can find it on Bandcamp still okay because uh, Spotify kept wanting to label it as an album uh because it was i think it's seven songs on uh -huh. there and yeah. and they have some limitations on what can be called an ep and what could be called an album so i kept getting in interviews and they'd be like you put out four studio albums when i was like oh one of them was an ep that i recorded in in my living room so <laughs> <laughs> on your couch <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get you all right well so yeah. then you just uh blew the algorithms spotify they couldn't figure it out and so they they took it off yeah, it sounds like they could not yeah. they could not handle the the amount of lo-fi uh <laughs> sad sad dad rock that was coming to their algorithm so we had to cut it loose <laughs> You mentioned that you've had uh, other uh, genres in your life before this. Um, you know, what was the progression of that? Some punk rock? Yeah. And when did I've you... Been, yeah. I've been playing music for a few decades now. Um, so I, I grew up in uh, sort of like the punk rock, pop punk scene. Uh, I, I grew up in, in Orlando, Florida, where there's, there's a big, like, hardcore scene and uh -huh. i rebelled against that by not listening to any hardcore music and, but instead like being really into like obscure punk music <laughs> and uh and then slowly transitioned i think i i took a keyboard class at one point and i was like oh i think i like coldplay now and that lasted for all of i don't know <laughs> uh eight months uh and then i 
and then somewhere around the time that I was uh, graduating high school, I stumbled upon a, a music video from uh, Bruce Springsteen performance at Hammersmith Odeon in London. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I got to look up this guy's catalog. And turns out, like, my dad, who grew up in Jersey, has, is one of the biggest Springsteen fans. And so right. that sort of propelled me into this love of of that style of music and you know from there i was you know gobbling up any any sort of springsteen record and it, and it propelled me into newer artists that are doing similar things uh, i was a huge delta spirit fan a huge dawes fan throughout college um and so yeah so some of those some of those uh sort of folk rock uh roots rock whatever you want to call it uh stuff sort of came out and for the past like i don't know 15 years i've been chasing that sound a, a little bit more uh, acutely. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting because, you know, like what your parents listen to can always create either I love this kind of music and, and this yeah. is my backbone or, oh, my God, that's the kind of music my dad listens, so I'm not listening to that stuff. And it sounds like there's a little combination of both. I mean, it's yeah, I am think, I right? I think a little bit. Are you saying that you didn't even hear about Bruce Springsteen and, uh, I, until – sure. yeah, yeah, I'm sure that I had listened to Springsteen. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that my dad had played a, a CD in the car or something like that. But I was so, you know, in my, you know, when you're a teenager, you're just so in your world that, like, I didn't want anything that wasn't, you know, power chords and, you know, 4-4 four, four fast drumming. Like, I wanted the punk stuff and I just, anything that felt, I don't know, like it just felt old. And yeah. then... I think I think seeing the the live performance of it pulled me like out of my time and was like this feels like it could have been written yesterday um, and and then all of a sudden I you know stumbled upon like my dad was like oh yeah I've got that or I had that record or oh yeah I had that record oh I've seen him live you know seven times or whatever and my mom you know was like oh yeah I've been to Jackson Brown a few times and like is handing me James Taylor record like. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my parents have really good taste. <laughs> There's um, that realization, and, yeah. Yeah, and so, so, yeah, it was a little bit of, uh, I had passed that rebellious phase um, in some ways and uh, and had all of a sudden realized, like, oh, there's there's some, some stuff of worth in, in these, like, back catalogs that my parents had. What, um, you, what uh, um, instrument do you play? So I'm I mainly uh, play guitar and sing in in the best intentions. Uh, I play a little bit of, of piano and I've, on the on Dad Rock I, I wrote a couple of the piano parts. I didn't play uh, I played one organ part, but for the most part James Kessel, who plays keys in the band, uh, I'll send him like a, a MIDI track where I I play the left hand and the right hand separately because I'm way less talented than he is. <laughs> and then and then he'll pull it all together and make it sound like uh, a human is playing it and, and make it. <laughs> make it really beautiful. Um, but for the most part, I, I just play guitar and, and sing in the band. I gotcha. What was the first instrument that you started playing? Like when you were growing up? Ooh, I, uh, man, I played trombone in the middle school uh -huh. band. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I hated it. I, I took piano lessons for a while and, and was not a, a big fan. Yeah. Um, but, but that could have up, very well been your backbone, like where you learned reading music and and yeah. Uh, well, I, I wish uh, I quit uh, early, and so I I can't read music all that well anymore. 
Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying really hard to teach myself again. Um, the best musicians yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah, my, but my I, picked, I picked up a guitar. I think my two best friends in middle school, one of them got a drum set and the other got a guitar for Christmas. And I think I played the guitar more than either of them did. Um, and we were like, we should start a band. And I didn't own a guitar, but I, I saved up all my lawn mowing money and bought this $99 Fender Squire that was red uh, yeah. with, with a black pick guard. And it came with one of those free amps that like just when you turned all the dials up, it sm- sounds like exactly like Nirvana. <laughs> Not on purpose. So that was that was the first time that I felt like I love playing an instrument and like I identified with that guitar and the sound of it and everything else felt like, a, oh, I have to be in band or I have to take piano lessons. And like just being, you know, in my friend's bedroom playing this like really loud, terrible music. I was just like, oh yeah, this is this is the thing that I love doing. When you were doing the the punk stuff with your friends, were you writing music? Were you trying to, you know, yeah. play? I I have never uh, been talented enough in any season of my life to, to attempt to cover songs. Um, so even even at an early age, I was I was writing from the get go, and my friends were like, no, we got to figure out, you know, how to play all the songs on on Green Day's Dookie. And I was like, no, we got to write songs because <laughs> I don't I don't want to spend the time learning how to play someone else. Yeah. So pro- probably to to my demise, I, I've spent, I don't know, the last 20 years or so writing way more music than learning how to play other people's music. Um, and, and, and you write for your band now, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would imagine that the kind of writing that you were doing uh, when you were in a punk band is completely different how did you how did you know back when you were in a punk band how to even compose or how to how to uh you know structure uh, the song or that's maybe that's question. the magic of punk you don't have to do yeah any you of that. don't have to there's no you rules no you know you know three chords and uh you can just do it i think i think there was a bit of it that i was i was learning you know i was listening to a lot of music and i would say all right what you know what is uh, the offspring doing and how can I, you know, put that into a song or, um, I was really into this, this like band called the deal. And I was like, all right, what is the deal doing? That sounds so cool. And like, how do I emulate that? And it wasn't like, I got to learn their chords. It was just me listening to that music a lot because I, I, I didn't have the, any sort of education background in, in music to know, like, uh, anything about time signatures or, or, you know, keys, it was just chaos. Uh, and I remember the first song I wrote, I learned how to play an E minor on my, my little Fender Squire. And I just played that E minor and I changed the root note a couple times. And I was like, this is a song I'm going to bring it and we're going to perform it. <laughs> Did you write um, the and lyrics for that stuff too? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, if that recording is anywhere, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, and I'm, you know, I was, I don't know, 12 or 13. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that it's, uh, it's the, the skill set itself is not innate, but like the desire was, was there yeah. from pretty early on. Um, and if, yeah, it's one of those things for me, at least that um, even if I tried to quit writing, I'm constantly doing it in my head. And I'm constantly like, you know, sitting at my desk at work and finding the drum beat <laughs> yeah. um, or, or get, catching a lyric and singing it into my phone. 
Um, so I think I think part of it as as a kid was just uh, having an outlet to to express, express whatever whatever the chaos that was happening in a thirteen year old boy's brain. Uh, that guitar was the key to expressing it. Were you guys uh, listening to a lot of punk rock back then too, like uh, Ramones and Clash and? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was I I grew up in a, a fairly sheltered home. Uh, my after my discovery that I liked their music, they allowed me to listen to more of it. Um, but my my friends at that point were you know were introducing me to the Ramones and to the Clash and uh, Sex Pistols and all that stuff. But it wasn't necessarily something that I was listening to at home. I gotcha. Uh, and so I think that was around the time when when like LimeWire and like the illegal and like Napster was around. Oh yeah. So I'm, sh- I'm sure I had like all, all of the clash or all the Ramones albums, like illegally downloaded on my parents' PC. Uh, but I, well, that's a gray I, area. That's what that, yeah. all that Napster, uh, um, yeah, litigation now, was now, all about. <laughs> yeah. Now it, uh, now it feels silly that, that like, that was such a weird time, but obviously like with the streaming industry, it feels yeah. like I'm doing that every day now. Well, and, you know, back then, anytime there was going to be like a revolution like that that was going to affect a yeah. big organization, they were going to fight back hard. So the yeah. Recording Industry of America, RIAA, I think that's who the primary um, uh, uh, plaintiff was trying to assert rights against Napster. You know, they're going to hold on hard. and And as a result, now musicians don't make a lot of money off their albums but they've you know all that has had to shift uh so you've put out all these albums for you know with jack droppers in the uh, best intentions um you know but as i imagine the primary revenue for the band comes from playing playing out yeah playing um venues and stuff uh and have you guys been playing steadily since 2016 you know, it's been uh, up and down, mostly down for the last, you know, two years. Right, uh, I imagine. But yeah, that. we we try and uh, you know, it's it's gotten harder not not only because of the pandemic, but you know, having a kid and uh, Devin, who plays lead, has has three kids, and you know, we're all, we all live within uh, pretty close uh, in West Michigan. But but yeah, I think the the touring has been hard because it's it's hard to schedule out stuff. Um, but yeah, we've played, I don't know, previous to the pandemic, we were playing 15 ish shows a year, um, and trying to do half of those outside of the West Michigan area. Uh Um, and so never, never a full tour or anything, but we would do little weekend jaunts where we do, uh, Chicago, Indianapolis, Columbus, or we do up the East coast and, um, yeah. And, you know, I think being in a band of our size, we're not signed to a label uh, at this point. Like we're playing to, you know, eight people in Philadelphia. Uh, uh-huh. and, but, you know, with everyone in the band as a revenue stream, uh, nobody's necessarily looking for this to be uh, our main income, which has been really nice. And so I get I get the privilege of paying the band a minimal amount, um, but not feeling dependent to uh to make sure that they can put food on the table um so yeah so we've been really really lucky in that we've gotten enough shows that it's funded the next project the next record and every record that we've done has been 
uh, a little bit more finely tuned than the last one. And, you know, the first record we did, we recorded in my house. And the second record we did, we recorded uh, in a friend's uh, garage. And the third record we did, we did in uh, like a legit producer's studio, like uh, above their garage. And now we're working on this fourth record and we're doing it in an actual studio, playing on a grand piano, like uh, huge, like actual plate reverb. So all of a sudden uh, it's been, we've, we've been really, you know, fortunate to, to get enough shows and enough gigs and enough record sales that we can continue to do this. Um, but also fortunate that none of us uh, have are relying on the income from yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> decided to quit our day jobs quite yet. Well, that's that's the true art involved there. I mean, you're you're just creating this for the sake of creating it. You know, you yeah, you're for not sure. uh, so focused on is this going to be popular? Is this going to make us a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You're able to uh, just really make it a, a almost like a fun hobby that is that um, supports itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, uh, it's an interesting ride because it's, it's, it's weird because it's a thing that, that takes up so much of my attention. Um, and, and the rest of the band as well. Um, and there are folks in our band that are writing their own music and putting out their own music. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that, that, uh, my life constantly revolves around in some ways, but at the same time, I'm not dependent on it for finances. And so, it's fun because we get to write songs that we want to write. Um, and yeah. we put out these songs and I, I know that some of them, like if we were signed to a label, uh, they wouldn't want us to put out all of these full length records that they know aren't going to make a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> it, they would probably be like, Hey, you got to get a single, you got to get a, you know, a hit. And we're just like, no, we're going to continue to just put out records every other year. So, yeah, I think that the industry is so decentralized now that, you know, very few people are getting, record deals and stuff and and they just play what they want to play and and because they like to play uh yeah it sounds like that's that's what you guys are doing who yeah who uh who are the members of the band so so uh it's me uh and then the best intentions are devin sullivan uh plays lead guitar um and sings laura hobson uh sings as well plays uh a couple of different instruments uh but uh, in the band, she's mostly responsible for some auxiliary percussion and tambourine. And then James Kessel uh, plays keys and sings. Garrett Steyer plays bass and sings. And then Josh Holicky plays drums. And have these guys been with you since the, the beginning in 2016? Yeah, we've only had a couple of, of shifts. So uh, Garrett, uh, who plays bass, was living out in L.A. when we first started. And we had another bassist uh, who now lives in Chicago. And when Garrett moved back, um, he sort of filled in that spot. He's one of my uh, oldest friends uh, in West Michigan. Him and I were roommates, I don't know, a decade ago. Uh, and then uh, we, had a, we had another female singer uh, who decided to stop singing uh, right after that first EP as well with, with the band. Um, but yeah, the, the, those five have been there since what is that summer or like winter of 2016 when we started playing, playing gigs out in public. I see. So, so you actually put together the EP before you even started playing gigs. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, my wife and I got married in, uh, May of 2015 and I had been playing music forever and was sort of in this low spot in my life where I wasn't, I was writing a ton, but I wasn't putting anything out into the world. And she just said, hey, we've got 
you know, a grand leftover from, you know, our honeymoon, like, do you, like, what would it take for you to get a band together and put out songs? And so out of her sort of like initiative, uh, sort of kicking me in the butt and saying like, Hey, you love doing this. You should do it. Um, I just sort of said, all right, I'm going to grab these people that I know that, uh, that play. And, uh, Devin, uh, was, is married to one of Elizabeth, my wife's, uh, good friends from college um and i knew laura and i knew josh from from college and james i i met up north in michigan and he was playing keys somewhere i'm like hey you like i'd like at some point we should hang out and the next time we hung out he was at my house recording uh keys parts for that ep uh <laughs> are these guys yeah, playing so, in other bands as well while they're while they're yeah, uh, part of your band uh, so devin will play every once in a while he'll, he'll be a studio musician but I don't think he's playing in any other bands, but uh, Laura and Garrett uh, and Josh playing a band called Fabies uh, that they're due to put out their first record this spring. Where are um, they based and on? They're out of Grand Rapids as well. Uh-huh, so okay. About, about a block or three blocks away from our house. Um, and so they, uh, Laura, Laura is the lead on that band and is just a phenomenal singer and songwriter. So um, some really good stuff coming out, out of that. Um, and then James and I have, have been studio musicians on a couple of just singer songwriter singles and records together where we'll just have people around Grand Rapids or Holland that will say, Hey, I need someone to come in and just do studio stuff. But, but neither of us are playing in other bands. Uh huh. So that's, uh, is that a big place for that kind of thing where there's studio musicians and are, you know, people that are yeah. <laughs> competent enough to be able to just step in and, and, uh, um, play along? Yeah, there's there's a I don't know, there's probably quite a few of, of those in Grand Rapids. Uh, I don't do it as much as I, as I used to. I had probably two or three friends who were writing mainly like folk rock stuff that they would need a guitarist for. I, I think I played organ on on uh, this buddy's record. Um, and yeah, so I think there's a little bit of that. And, and for, for me, it was more so like, hey, how do I fund the next record? Uh, so picking up, you know, a hundred bucks to do a couple hours in the studio for someone else's music is like, all right, that's an easy, you know, that'll, that'll pay to get one of these songs mastered or something right, like that. Right, right. So you have your, uh, music piggy bank and then you, you know, yeah. then you've got your day job and, and yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that was nice that your wife was so supportive like that right after you guys got, instead of saying, yeah. all right, we're married now. You're done. Yeah. With this Which was what I, <laughs> I bought my first like really nice electric guitar. I think three weeks before our wedding. Cause so I was like, all right, this is it. This is my one chance. <laughs> like now I got to share my finances. Uh, and she's been more than generous, uh, with, with our music. And yeah, I, Oh, a lot. Oh, that's really nice. Uh, lots of her. So, so how did you transition from uh, punk rock to you know more indie rock and stuff like that? Was it just as a result of your introduction to basically yeah. your, your dad's music? That's. Yeah. I think I think that's a part of it. I think you know I think that one of the things that uh, that indie rock and, and mainly folk rock does is is there's a real emphasis on the lyric and i and punk rock has has some of that in some of the spheres um but it's it's often fairly simplistic and i i remember uh you know listening to bruce songs or james taylor songs or you know some of these 
these uh, more like Americana rock, uh, folk rock stuff, and really being captivated with what they can do lyrically. Right. That I didn't necessarily know how to write that way and didn't, and but was fascinated by it. And um, I'm not a Springsteen-like uh, lyricist in that I, I, I don't do characters that often. I mainly write autobiographical stuff. But I think some of the the means of describing things and the, the, the poeticism of it, like really attracted me to, to say, you know, this is uh, a means in which like you can, you can create meaning uh, in songs that isn't just very simple. And you can add in a, a variety of meanings and, and multiple meanings within a song. Um, and yeah, that, that fascinated me. I think, there, there is a bit of that right now in uh, indie rock that's really exciting. That there's a lot of, of really incredible uh, lyricists uh, in indie rock right now, um, and I and I think I get, you know, when I listen to Springsteen, I, I hear there's just he's throwing a lot of words <laughs> into every song, yeah, and and I and I love that because I I feel like often the ability to 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 write a really great narrative like is is confined to some of these uh you know to folk genres or or hip-hop does really good stuff lyrically um but like rock and roll is usually just like catchy short little quips and and right it's hard to gather what the storyline is in some rock songs yeah so so yeah i I think some of that storytelling lyricism is is really really captivating to me as a listener and and it's what i gravitate toward when i write songs as well did you do any uh, poetry writing or, or even any prose writing at any point in your life? Story I writing? didn't. Uh, so this I, is your expression. This is how you... Yeah, this is this has yeah. sort of always been it. Um, I I attempted at some point, I think when Elizabeth and I were dating, we, we kept a blog together. She's, she's a fiction writer and um, has written a few novels. Cool. And so I always wanted to like play in her field a little bit and yeah. and try and write and it uh was always way more uh stressful than life-giving for me and i i prefer i prefer to do it in song does uh have you and your wife ever try to write any music together or or does she even you know sort of check your spelling or or help you out <laughs> with uh she, with she any does of your check my check my spelling <laughs> uh she uh Mostly, mostly on emails or press releases. She'll, uh, I'll be like, "Hey, can you make sure I don't sound like an idiot in this?" Um, we haven't written any music together outside of uh, we're constantly making up songs for Naomi, our daughter, and singing them to her. Uh, so, at some point, there will be like a very, you know, that we could put out like a very short 25 second uh album of songs we sing to naomi <laughs> but i don't i don't think anyone would listen to it <laughs> hey jerry garcia and dave grisman put together that um music for kids album and it was just yeah there you all go. these old time uh uh kind of uh what would you call them like um uh well they were bluegrass based but yeah they were you know um they were little kid songs and, and that, that yeah. was what the album was called, but it was, it was not necessarily their own music. And so yeah. you've got your own music. What did you do between the punk rock band and, um, uh, and your current band in, in terms of other organized uh, bands that you had going? Did you have, yeah. Yeah. 
my so Garrett and I, when we were in college, we played in a band together called Stationary Travelers. That was somewhere in between folk rock and punk rock, uh, (laughs) depending on the song. Um, And uh, so we did that for let's see, three and a half years together and put out a couple EPs with that band and played a ton of shows that we never got paid for. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we did that for a while. And so we, we had this, uh, you what know, town was music. that in? So we, uh, we both went to hope college. So we were, we were in Holland, Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, and they, and so, and they would yeah. let you play, but wouldn't even give you the tips or any share. Yeah, we, of would, the... we would play coffee shops. I, you know, it's crazy. I think it was, you know, this time in my life where um, I just wasn't, I don't know, I just like didn't really have in my brain that like we would need money for music stuff. It was, I just loved doing it. That it yeah. was never, I don't remember ever asking like a club that we would get booked at, like, what are you going to pay us? Uh-huh, right. Um, <laughs> so I remember once. The question never got at, answered. <laughs> we, we opened for this touring band at the Pyramid Scheme in Grand Rapids and uh it was this band that we really liked from brooklyn and nobody came to see them but we brought out i don't know 50 people or whatever and the promoter came over with cash for us and we we said no uh, <laughs> we're like well you should give it to the touring band like they were the headliner like no like no you're the, you sold all the tickets and we were like we don't really, uh, like we don't care <laughs> um and which now still feels really foolish because we could really use that money to Put out our you know record. that was such a a nice gesture though. I mean that must have take that must have taken things a long way. Did did you have any positive karma happen from that? You know uh, more you more know, gigs with that same band or we didn't get we didn't get any gigs with that same band. Uh, we we did go out for hot dogs with them afterwards. Yes, dog. <laughs> but I don't know if that got us anywhere. Um, but yeah, I think you know. I, I think originally it was we just loved doing it and so we would play at any anything that anyone offered us like your coffee shop your yeah you know we we played at the davidson county fair once on like a a tractor uh we uh just all these random gigs that we were just like whatever we got to do to play music like just 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 get us wanted to be able to play out yeah yeah (laughs) So, uh, what was the name of that band uh, that you do with so that, Garrett? That was uh, Stationary Traveler. So Stationary Garrett, Garrett Traveler, played, okay. Yeah, who plays bass in, in our band? He played drums in that one, and him and I were roommates, and we had a, we had a bunch of housemates that were really kind to us and let us take one of the rooms in our in our like homes in college and uh, set up a band practice space. In them. Um, I'm sure we were terrible roommates because we were just we were playing all the time. So. <laughs> That's how you get good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, you know, if, if they didn't like it then, then they've got to stick around and let you pl- practice a little more. That's all. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what did you get? What was the next band you did after that? So, let's see. After, I mean, after that, we so when we graduated, the the other two guys that were in that band, uh, one moved out to L.A., one moved out to New York, um, and doing other stuff, not music stuff. Uh-huh. So we, I we didn't play. I didn't play a show publicly for a few years. Um, yeah, and, you know, you got to have that serious post-college period of your yeah, time. And, yeah, uh, and I was living in Muskegon, and I, uh, I, it was like at the tail end of the recession, so I, I, I bought a home up there for $26,000. Wow. <laughs> uh, and it was just like this beat-up home, and I got a dog, and I was really depressed. And I was writing all these, these songs and, and just didn't have an outlet. And yeah. along, some, along the way, 
I think I played one show as Jack Droppers and the Best Intentions, and it was just uh, a couple of people that uh, that I knew. And I think Garrett happened to be in town for a weekend and played with us. And after that was when Elizabeth said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta record some of the stuff." Oh, um, gotcha. So yeah, so I think uh, there was there's a break there where there there just wasn't a ton of playing in public, and and then once we I, once we played our first like legitimate gig with this band i was like i need this in my life like i i love doing this so much and it gives me so much life that like i i can't go without it so obviously this you know the pandemic has been hard because we've played three shows in the last 24 months and yeah that's, that's not great <laughs> no that that makes it hard for sure uh when you're writing songs uh you know, does the melody come to you first or the lyrics come to you first? How do, how do you compose your songs? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's different for everything. Um, right now, because uh, uh, Naomi is at home and is going to bed at 7 p.m., I'm not writing a ton on guitar. Um, and right. so uh, we, have, we got a piano in our living room for the first time uh, this past spring, maybe. Or no, is this past fall? Um, so I've been writing a lot on piano right now, which has been interesting and fun. Um, I sing a lot into my voice memos on my <laughs> on my phone. Uh, and if I have a, a lyric idea or a melody, I'll, I'll just be driving and, and sing into that. Uh, frequently, I'll have the acoustic around and, and we'll just like be writing here or there. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a bit of a constant. And so like right now, I'm, I'm working on this song that I think is going to end up being the last song on our new record. And I'm just constantly thinking about like where, how can I end this? How can I transition from that chorus uh, to the second verse? Um, and so, it's it can I can get lost in my head a little bit in the process. Um, but yeah, I think because usually lyrics and melody come around the same time, uh, mm -hmm. but the the song usually sticks around if I love the lyric. Yeah. Um, so if there's something about the lyric that really rings true or really feels like this is there's something captivating about this then I, then i'll keep working out the kinks of the melody or, or the instrumentation um or you know sometimes i really feel like there's something there but i don't i don't know what it is and the blessing of being in a band with tons of incredible uh artists is i can bring songs and i'm like i don't know this might be crap and uh, sometimes they're like, yeah, it's crap. Uh, and, <laughs> and sometimes they're like, no, there's something here. And uh, Devin will bring out a guitar part or, or Laura will, will say, well, what if you tried this melody here? And pretty soon uh, what I thought was, was you know, a, a dead in the water song can turn out to be something that's really special. Do any of the other members of the band compose songs that they then they also bring to the band? Or are you pri the primary songwriter and then they help you polish yeah. it? Yeah, for this band, I I am primary songwriter, and then and then bringing it. There's there's a couple songs that uh, choruses or things are melodies at least are written, but almost all of the lyrics are are mine. And um, I uh, that's maybe the burden of having your name at the front of the band <laughs> uh, is that there's there's a bit of it that I I'm bringing those things to the band right. and. Uh, and pushing that so but with that being said ev almost everyone else in the band does write their own stuff and whether they're putting it out into the world or not 
Um, so they have the capacity if I'm at a dead end with a song to, to really help in mm. that, in that way. Um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it mainly comes down to what, what am I putting down and what am I deciding on? Do you, are you the kind of songwriter that will get inspiration at just various times, like in the middle of the night and stuff like that, and you'll <laughs> have to get up yeah. and, and get it down so you don't forget? Yeah. Uh, voice memos on my phone has, has saved me in a lot of ways because uh, it's mainly dri- like driving uh, is, is my main time where I'm just like, I got an idea, I got an idea, I got or uh, like when I'm feeling, this doesn't happen that much anymore, but like when I feel feeling awkward at a party, it's often like I get into my own head and my, my introvert comes out and I'm all of a sudden like, Oh, I could do that for the, the bridge. And that track. <laughs> and so then, I, then like, uh, I'm a terrible party guest. If you're listening to this, don't invite me to your parties. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'll like tuck in the corner with, uh, and, and be like softly singing into my phone, <laughs> just making sure you, I can't lose that idea. <laughs> yeah. So you had mentioned that, uh, you grew up in Florida or, you know, grew up in Orlando and, uh, yeah. and then also that, um, a lot of your songs are kind of autobiographical. So yeah. I'm, I'm imagining that that's the genesis of the song Florida man, which, um, yeah. <laughs> has that awesome video that it's just, yeah. I mean, you know, just, just the placement of all the stuff in that room is yeah. like so perfectly <laughs> goofball Florida. Yeah. Like Carl, yeah. wasn't it there that, uh, author Carl Hyacin was, he, uh, he used to write about all kinds of crazy stuff in Florida. I do Florida. Carl, I, oh, yeah, you'd I probably love it then. Yeah. Oh, I got to check it out. Carl Hyacin. Yeah, I want to say that that's the guy. Yeah, uh, so I, I grew up in Orlando and, you know, Orlando, Florida is a weird place. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a reason why it's an easy joke for any comedian. Um, but that song really like that, the turnaround of that chorus, the uh, I'll Always Be a Florida Man was the only thing I had for months for that track. Uh-huh. Um, and just kept thinking about that and eventually like had the guitar part for that, but didn't know anywhere I was going and... Uh, the first, the first like take of it was, was a little, a little edgy for what we put out. And it was, there was a line about listening to Jimmy Buffett and taking bath salts or something like that. Uh, and, it's a little rough. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, do I really want, you know, to put that out in the world? And then uh, I think, you know, by the end of it, I, that's a song I, I really love. Um, and really that was another one where I had no idea if that had a future and, Devin showed up to one of our rehearsals and said, Hey, I've got this guitar part for the end. It's, it's a little bit, you know, different than what we've done. And he played it and I was like, Oh my goodness, that's like my favorite, my favorite <laughs> thing that you've ever written. Um, so yeah. And, and that music video is really fun. So that, uh, David Dyer is a local comedian that had, I, I think I put out on Twitter or Facebook, like, Hey, I'm looking for somebody who can look a little bit like Hulk Hogan, but not, too much that we're going to get copyright infringement <laughs> and and two different people from different like uh points in my life said you got to reach out to david dyer so wow. he's like a le- he's a legitimate <laughs> comedian he you know he tours uh as a comedian and i we paid him a hundred bucks and he and he le- he learned all of the lyrics to the song and like had it all memorized and he did an incredible job with that video. Yeah. He's, he's sinking right to the, to right to the song. I, I didn't know, you know, who that might've been. So glad to find out now. Uh, it was, is that his real hair? 
It is not as real. Uh, as okay, a <laughs> whole Hogan wig I bought. I bought off the internet. So. <laughs> yeah, but he uh, he does a great job in that. And yeah. um, how did you uh, how did you decide to make that one uh, a video? Yeah, we had a that was one of the first tracks that we knew for this record. We wanted to be a single, so uh, that one and then New Holland uh, was the first single that we put out, um, and that one has a music video as well. And for a while, because of the pandemic, um, I, along with uh, James Kessel, who, who plays keys uh, and is a videographer uh, as well, we were putting out a music video every week. And I think we did like 40 weeks in a row of putting out music videos. Um, and some for of them were... Music videos for your songs? Yeah. So oh, some okay. Of them this were, is the only one I saw. So there's yes. a music video for most for many of your songs? There are. Some oh, of them are wow. better than others. So that one happens to be uh, professionally made. Oh, uh, I got you. <laughs> um, so, so some of them, th- the ones that look really nice are likely James worked on them with me. And some of them I did. Uh, so, so we were, I was going back to our old catalog and doing acoustic versions of songs. And um, I had a couple of, I used to work uh, at a film school. And so I had a couple of old students that wanted to make videos. So we were putting out these videos. I did a few cover songs. Um, and so, yeah, so that was, Part of it was we were I wanted at some point, I'm like, I want to make a music video for every song in the record. And I think we got most of the way. I think nine out of 11 of those tracks have some sort of music video for them. Um, And I think part of it is because I, you know, I'm part of the generation that would watch VH1 or MTV and they would have music videos on there. So I I love that art form and and uh, and and love particularly really funny or really good story music videos. So. Right, right. I, some of the difficulties I would think in putting together a music video is that, okay, you know, you have lyrics. Well, first of all, you have the music and it, it mm. relay, the, 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 you know, the actual music and it's relaying a, uh, a story or a, um, a feeling. And then you have the lyrics, which uh, depending on, on, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, punk rock. You mentioned rock yeah. and roll. Like some, sometimes the the lyrics are real brief, and you really yep. have to put your imagination into how that story goes and and what it's really saying and things like that. Uh, and then when you put it, when you make a video of it, you know, you're laying it all out there, and it um, it, it it almost the more you put out there in terms of music and lyrics and then with with visuals like in a video you are reducing it to um you know a finished product yeah that uh you know there's no more room for kind of imagination but sometimes that uh that's a good thing yeah and yeah creates different paths of of imagination for that video yeah for sure so new holland is probably my favorite music video we've done and the the video itself has very little to do with the song um but it was one of those things where it's like are we you know when you put this out do you want to just particularly as somebody who writes um, a lot narratively like i don't want it to just be you know the song like in visual form like you want right. you want the music video to add something to uh to the to the to the track and so right. new Island was one of those things where we had a very different story idea that uh, we had we had come up with uh, with a, diff- a filmmaker in town, and that I thought somewhat describes what the song, the feeling of the song, without having the content of the song in the video. 
Um, so yeah, so that it, it can be interesting to do that because you're you're putting out almost this third like piece where you have music, you have lyrics, and this this video is it can be like an art form within itself that represents the song and and in some ways like gets people to listen to the song that may never have listened to the song because they like the person who's acting in it or whatever. Right. right. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of I've I've really grown to love uh, people who can create music videos that are 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 that add some piece to the song that's not just regurgitating what the song is or even just doing like a like performance videos are really fun to watch when you love the band but for someone who's not interested in our bands they like watching us play the song it may be not as interesting to them as as watching a narrative unfold that has something to do with the track yeah yeah i think there's also something really kind of exciting when you're hearing a song and seeing a video that isn't necessarily the uh, the plot of the song or yeah. the storyline of the song, but uh, you know, evokes images uh, that will take you to in, in a different direction about the song. Um, yeah, for and I, sure. And I'm always uh, really impressed when there's some kind of a you know video along those lines where there's really a a, a different impression that comes from the song as a result of the video, like a yeah. a new kind of um, interpretation of it almost. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a fun thing to do. And I'm really grateful for James. James does a ton with at least the professional looking music videos and other, you know, other filmmakers that, um, for the most part, you know, filmmakers are, are like musicians. They're not getting paid a ton. Um, but we've had a, a ton of great people that have just said, Hey, we know that you don't have any money for this sort of thing, but like, we want to work with you. So like, let's cut a deal somehow. That's great. Um, wow. And so we've, we've been really lucky in that. Uh, and Grand Rapids is a great city for this stuff in that there's a lot of creatives here that are like, are not interested in competing with one another, but love collaborating. And so we're, we're picking really, each really other lucky. up. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, supporting sure. each other. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I've come across other musicians from Grand Rapids and I sort of get that impression. There's this uh, fraternity of uh, musicians that, that um, are sort of based up there and, and yeah. seem to help each other. And, yeah, you know, sure. I'm sure that there's some that are a little bit more active in their musician roles than others. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that there's this nice community up there makes things great. Yeah. Do you uh, so you have any uh, shows coming up? We I I was wondering if I was able to announce we do have a show coming up in your area. No way. I, really? But I don't think I can announce it yet. All right. Well, we'll uh, um, we'll look so for it. It is. It is uh, a festival that is it is near a body of water. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right, festival near a body of water. Can't wait. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll figure that out. Well, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing you guys live. Then that'll be awesome. Yeah, cool for sure. Well, Jack, again, thanks for coming on the show, and what a pleasure. I'm I'm always uh, always fascinated by you know the process and uh, yeah. you know how how you got from A to B and um thanks for sharing and good yeah, luck with everything so much for having me. good luck yeah, with thanks. uh so is your daughter uh newborn or a couple years old she, she is going to be one next tuesday oh man so. wow yeah did uh did her birth inspire the the album dad rock it did so yeah. like a lot of a lot of so her name is naomi and the 10th song on that is, is naomi which i wrote right when we decided we were going to name her that i wrote that song 
And the, the last track on that is called Welcome to the Party. Um, so if, if anyone listening is looking for an intro to us, that song was written as sort of a uh, welcome to being a human uh, to her. And it's probably one of my favorite songs that we've ever done. Ah, nice. Well, you know what? Uh, after we hang up, I'm going to um, play both of those songs because they're right, right next to each other. And it'll right. uh, be a great ending. Well, thanks a lot, Jack. Take care. Yeah, you too. Okay. And that was Jack Dropper from uh, Jack Droppers and the Best Intentions. And you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman, and we're on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, and WRHZ uh, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. I am going to close us out with uh, back-to-back end of the Dad Rock albums, Naomi, um, and then Welcome to the Party. And here we go. It's a gift just to be alive 
A newness after every night Still a strange thing to be something If you start to listen There's a song here from long ago You can take with you on the road The soundtrack your home I hold this life like an ice cream cake So you can always so love Remember 